on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. I'll tell you what, that's a really good win for this Brewers team. And more importantly, the series win is incredibly impressive when you consider what's going on with this team right now. You take a step back and you go back to the opening game of this series where they suffered arguably their toughest loss of the season, a game that they absolutely should have won, a 10-inning 3-2 loss. In that game, they use... Uh, both of their high-leverage relievers and Brad Boxberger and Devin Williams for a lot of pitches. So you're walking out of that game saying, okay, they lost the game, and this might kind of futz up the bullpen here for the next day or two. And they come out of that, and they win yesterday 4-1, using Devin Williams for a second day in a row. And then they come back today, get more good pitching, get just enough hitting, use Devin Williams for a third day in a row for the first time in his career, and they come up with a 2-1 victory. And they take two of three from a pretty good Padres team that was on a bit of a winning streak coming into this series. I don't think we can understate, or I don't think we can overstate enough just how important of a series this is uh, for the Brewers. And one of the big talking points about this team through the first couple months of the season has been their schedule and who they're playing and how much their record is maybe vaulted up because of the lack of competition. Well, they get an opportunity to play a pretty good team in the Padres. They do it on the road. They do it with multiple players not available for various reasons, and they take two out of three. This is a good win and a good series victory for this Brewers team. Welcome in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you do want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and at text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're going to take you till 8 o'clock tonight. Craig Kishan from Bally Sports Wisconsin. He's going to be joining us a little bit after 7 o'clock. We'll get the post-game comments from uh, Craig Council. We'll go back through the game with the highlights and uh, we'll even hear from Scott Warris. We're doing reverse crosstalk. Generally uh, he's got WTMJ nights, uh, you know, weekday nights and on Thursday nights we do Brewers Weekly so we do a little crosstalk with Scott uh, reverse where he brings me on on Thursday nights. Well we're uh, we're flipping the switch today. We'll bring Scott on here at the end of uh, the program a little bit before before 8 o'clock, before he opens up a uh, special one-hour edition of WTMJ Nights this evening that will begin just after the 8 o'clock news. But again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Aaron Ashby was really good. He was really good. And this is a team right now that... It feels like they're in a transitional period just as they deal with some injuries that are going on right now. Uh, Ashby's role has completely changed. His role had been to be a hybrid guy where sometimes through the rotation he would be a starter and sometimes through the rotation he was going to be a reliever. Essentially, the Brewers are doing, or they were doing, they're not so much doing now because of the injury to Freddie Peralta, but the Brewers were largely doing what they did last year and that's go to a six-day rotation. And it's notable to say day and not man, because what they had been doing was if they were in a period of time where they did not have any off days, a sixth pitcher, 
Ashby would move into the rotation, but when there were times that there were off days, Ashby would go into the bullpen, and they would keep everybody on what is a standard five days rest, and that's what they did last year, and it worked out well. They've gone away from that, at least for the time being, because of the injury to Freddie Peralta. They're back to a standard five-man rotation, four days rest, and they're going to have to go forward with that for a while. They do have a doubleheader coming up in Chicago on Monday, and we'll see how they handle that if they go with a uh, a bullpen game, if they call up somebody to uh, specifically start that game. We continue to have conversations about Ethan Small and at one point he might join uh, the Major League roster. And I'm someone that's calling for him to, to be here sooner than later. The numbers he's putting up at AAA are really really good and I'd like to see what he can do at the big league level. I understand the moment you get him up here you start the clock and you, you want to make sure that he's ready to have success. Uh, right now from all reports they want to continue to keep him uh, in the rotation uh, and, and getting stretched out They've got a track record on bringing starting pitchers up to the big leagues and using them out of the bullpen, whether it was a Brandon Woodruff, a Freddie Peralta, um, obviously what they're doing this year with with Aaron Ashby. So it's not uh, at some point Ethan Small is going to be with the Brewers and he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen. The question is when when is that going to uh, when's that going to happen? Is it going to be prompted by this Freddie Peralta injury and them going to the standard five man rotation where they don't have as much margin for error and don't have that kind of built in buffer in the rotation? We'll just have to uh, certainly wait and see. Get the Acunet Mortgage talk text line 855-616-1620 that's 855-616-1620 if you want to call or text you can uh, text in as did doug doug says sometimes i don't know how they do it like magicians great series wins great series win but they have to get those bats going st louis can actually hit yelich has got to get going again he's been sitting on 20 rbis for weeks all right so you said a lot there doug first off uh, the way they're doing it is they're pitching. Uh, that when you're winning low-scoring games, it's really pitching and defense, and um, that's that's what they are doing right now. It is pitching, and there, you know, it seems like yesterday certainly, and then today there's some unlikely individuals who are really coming up in a big way. I mean, look at Luis Perdomo. For Perdomo to go get four big outs in this game, it was a big deal. It was a very big deal in this game that Perdomo comes in and gets the final out of the sixth inning, and then he was able to throw up a zero in the seventh as well. For him to get that fourth out, uh, for them not to just use him to close out the sixth, for him to be able to get all the way through the seventh inning, that's the thing that these teams, the team is doing right now as they are finding ways to win using some characters that maybe you don't expect to be the, the starring, uh, have the starring role in victories. And yesterday it was largely the same when you think about the players who led to yesterday's victory. Obviously Corbin Burns does fall into that category of a usual suspect, but uh, Hobie Milner getting uh, the, the big out and turning that double play. Uh, Mike Brasso and Tyrone Taylor hitting the uh, the home runs in yesterday's game. When you are down players, and this team right now is down Willie Adamas, down Freddie Peralta, uh, they're down Josh Hader uh, in this series. Hunter Renfro is out now. Uh, there, there are core members of this team that are not available at this moment, and guys have to step up, and good teams, and I always say this, good teams can kind of weather through injuries for a short amount of time when you get certain individuals to step forward 
on doing things that probably quite honestly and quite bluntly isn't sustainable. Like there are guys that are going to have to step up during this period who you can sit there and say, okay, they can come up right now and come up big here at the moment, but at the same time, these are not going to be people that you have pitching these high leverage innings, or these are not people you're going to have in the middle of the order or starting every day, things like that. But they can they can lift their game for a short amount of time to cover up during the time where you have some injuries. And getting a guy like Hunter Renfro back sooner than later is a big part of that. Getting Willie Adamas back, and he should uh, return at some point. He's been hitting. He's been doing a lot of things. We'll see Willie Adamas back active uh, certainly sooner than later. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. 855-616-1620 the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. The Brewers get the win this afternoon to take two of three from San Diego. Final score, two to one. The Brewers are victorious. We'll continue on in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. So the runners will get a head start. Machado from second and Profar from first with two out. They run 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Back to the curveball, and Hosmer with a feeble cut. The ball was almost already in Narvaez's mitt as he took a swing. A 2-1 victory for the Brewers over the Padres today. They take two of three from San Diego, and now they head to St. Louis for a four-game series beginning tomorrow. This is a huge series. These are the two top teams in the National League Central. Pitching matchups look uh, pretty good. The first three days' worth of uh, matchups have been announced. Eric Lauer will go tomorrow against Adam Wainwright. Then on Friday, it'll be Brandon Woodruff against Dakota Hudson. And on Saturday, uh, it'll be Adrian Hauser against uh, Matthew Libertor, as he is somebody who is one of the top prospects in baseball just up to the big leagues. The Brewers have not announced a Sunday starter. Miles Michaelis is going to go for the Cardinals coming up on Sunday. If you want to join us today, you can do so by calling or texting the Accident Mortgage Talk text line 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 or you can tweet at me at matt Pauley on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air uh, craig Kashan from bally sports wisconsin he's going to join us just after the seven o'clock news we'll hear the post-game comments of manager craig council we're going to do that coming up right around seven thirty, and we'll uh, go through the highlights from this game coming up a bit after that dennis and stevens point texting into the program says what a great series against San Diego shows the depth of the pitching staff and then uh, Dennis goes on to say uh, wishing the best to uh, Josh Hader and his wife and those for, for those of you who don't know the reason that Josh Hader is not with the team right now and it's not clear if he's going to join the team in St. Louis or not uh, his wife is pregnant and the Brewers said that he is uh, his wife is dealing with some uh, complications connected to the pregnancy so he just did not uh, feel comfortable leaving with the team I said this yesterday but I'll say it again I think it's a really uh, mature response from Hader to prioritize the more important things in life and being able to say hey I don't feel comfortable leaving my wife I don't feel comfortable going on this trip we're dealing with some things right now and that's got to take priority and the Brewers have been able to uh, respond and other pitchers out of the bullpen have certainly stepped up in this time that uh, Hader has not been available so I, I, I don't know any update beyond that that was just what we were told right at the beginning of the series we'll find out tomorrow whether or not Hader is going to be uh, in St. Louis at all during the course of this four game series or not uh, but a good start a good start to this uh, three city road trip as the Brewers do take two of three from the Padres want to mention uh, just another big hit from Rowdy Telez, and he's somebody who 
when a team is struggling offensively, and I don't think the Brewers, I, I would, I would, I, I would refer to the Brewers as a struggling offensive club right now. When you look at their last four games, they have scored two, two, four, and two runs, and in that time, they've gone two and two. Obviously, the four runs yesterday uh, was the highest run scoring output of, of any of those games. And that being said, when you break that, that down a little bit, they score their four runs yesterday thanks to two home runs. They get a three run home run from Tyrone Taylor in addition to the Mike Brasso uh, solo shot. So, this is a team that is not scoring a ton of runs right now. And that's understandable. You're playing with Will, without Willie Adamas, who's one of your top offensive players. You're playing without Hunter Renfro. And we. We've talked about it all year long. You know, and, and at times the Brewers' aggregate offensive numbers have looked pretty good, and, and I've, I've touted those. But at the same time, you have to pump the brakes a little bit on talking about how good the overall numbers look when it comes to uh, what the Brewers have done offensively. I think the better way to assess this team is to say how many times have they scored two runs or less. How many times have they been shut out this season? And what that shows you is it shows you the inconsistency that this team has had from an offensive standpoint. Doesn't mean they can't win ball games. Doesn't mean that they don't have a team that has the ability to score a lot of runs. They certainly do. But they're still looking for some consistency. And it's it's hard to build that consistency when you're in a period that you don't have some of your key players available. And I think watching the injury situation all year long is going to be something that every team's going to be doing. Just there is a higher chance for injuries, I think, this year, just considering everything that's happened in the last three years. Going back to the COVID year with the shortened spring training, then going into a weird offseason, then this past offseason being another weird offseason where you did not have access to any of the team's medical facilities and having a short spring training. Baseball is a sport that is so... Reliant, reliant for lack of a better term, they are so reliant on the routine, uh, and not just the day-to-day routine, but the month-to-month routine and the yearly routine, and they've been unable to uh, do that uh, here over the last few years. And hopefully, we finally hit a point where once this season comes to an end and we get into the off season, there will actually be some uh, routine moving forward. The Brewers, uh, they win in San Diego 2-1. They take two of three in the series, and now they get set to head to St. Louis. We've got about another hour left in the program. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He will join us after the news. The news starts in two minutes here on WTMJ. At second, two out, pitch number nine to McCutcheon. Here it is. Swing and miss. Fastball busted and in off of the hands. Strike three. Big pitch by Darvish. And that will retire the side. He gets a couple of punch outs. And now with four in the outing. You Darvish was really good. Six and two-thirds innings, two runs on three hits, but the Brewers were able to come up with just a little bit of success against him there in the seventh inning, get him out of the game, and they go on to win by a 2-1 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. 55 more minutes to go before we make way for a one-hour edition of WTMJ Nights from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock this evening with Scott Warris. Let's bring in uh, Craig Kishon right now from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Craig, you look at this entire series... 
They lost that first game on Friday night, and that was a game that they should have won going into the series. It didn't feel like you were probably going to see a sweep. You thought that the winner of this series would probably take two out of three. So it seemed unlikely, quite bluntly, after Friday for the Brewers to win this series, but they come back with 4-1 and 2-1 wins. This turns into a really good series for this team. Yeah, it was really good, you know, mostly because of how good the pitching was, obviously, uh, really beginning to end. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, the, the bullpen, I think, chipped in at least 10 innings, maybe 12 innings. I'm thinking off the top of my head here as far as uh, and they only gave up a, an earned run. And, and the starters went 17-plus innings, and they only gave up two earned runs as well. I mean, you should win a series when your pitching is that good. And, you know, yesterday the Brewers had five hits. Today they had four hits, and they won both of those games. That's probably not going to happen very often either. It's a Padres lineup that's not a great lineup, but has some great individuals in there. We see the numbers that Manny Machado's putting up. Eric Hosmer's having a really good season. They've got some other other dangerous players in there. So you, you don't look at that lineup and think that it's uh, the, the best lineup you're ever going to see, but the, they were able to hold down some of those key players. I mean, Manny Machado had tons of opportunities in this series and really didn't have much of an offensive impact. No, he didn't, and and he was. I mean, look, he's the league leader, and he's not. And it's not just by a little bit. I mean, the guy came in batting nearly three seventy, and and the Brewers big time held him in check. Um, he didn't have an extra base hit. Um, in fact, I don't think the Padres had an extra base hit past the the first game of the series. Um, that's how good the Brewer pitching was in this one. But you know, it's kind of like how this season has gone, Matt. It it almost doesn't matter you know, what the level of competition is for Milwaukee. And they, and I think it's becoming a little more evident uh, right now how many times they've they've beaten up teams that they should beat up. You know what? And it's not their fault. They're on the schedule. And and San Diego came in uh, highly billed as a really good team like like Milwaukee. But their 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 bats aren't as good. We know that. And and I, I think we saw how good Milwaukee's pitching is. That, that was the bottom line for sure. There was, it just seemed like there was no way, even without Peralta and even without Hader, that, that they were going to let anything happen. That, that, to me, was the most impressive thing because Boxberger, uh, Boxberger was a little off his game on Monday, didn't pitch in yesterday's game, and then looked brilliant in the eighth inning today getting the three strikeouts. And then Devin Williams, you know, without Hader in there all three days for the first time in his young career, uh, pitches three days in a row. And and this guy is on it right now. How good did yeah. he look the last couple of days picking up both of those saves? It's a good reminder for people because, Craig, how many people were freaking out when Williams had a little bit of a slow start to the season? Oh, everybody was, and you know he he had it last year too, and and um, I, I know you and Vinny have talked on this show about uh, potentially tipping his pitches a little bit, and and him actually appearing to make an adjustment, and you know we we also took a look at that on our shows as well on the TV side, Matt, and it's you know it may not be evident to a lot of people, but in baseball a lot of things aren't to to the regular eye. And if that's the case for him, uh, I say look out because we're, we're seeing a, a different version. I, I really believe that in these three games alone, 
without Josh Hader there and knowing how important his role would become for this team, that, that he has taken uh, a significant career leap here in this three-day uh, span alone. Were you at all surprised with Williams going the three days in a row? Like when I saw Brad Boxberger getting ready for the eighth inning, my thought was, okay, are they are they just trying to keep him in a more comfortable spot? Are they going to ask him to go two innings? It's and then all of a sudden Williams is getting up, and that that surprised me a little bit, Craig. Yeah, no, we are we. You know, I, I'm sure you do the same. I mean, you you discuss this among the people you're you're uh, watching the game, working the game with, and you're like, well, how are they going to finish this one up? How is this one going to lay out? Who's really available or not? And and it did it did surprise me uh, for sure. However, I didn't know that he hadn't gone three straight games before in three straight days. That that actually surprised me more when I learned that that actual number. And then I'm like, well, um, they they must have uh, had things ironed out and ready to go before this game started, and and not just decided to do this, you know, as the game went on. So, and and Craig Council did reveal that, you know, they they have a game plan. I mean, um, we're going to be more surprised than than anything what this Brewer team does. And it again, it's hard to predict uh, how things are going to lay out because, quite frankly, like I said a minute ago. Boxberger didn't look good. It hasn't really looked as sharp as we're used to seeing him his last few times out and uh, didn't pitch yesterday, and and maybe that's all he needed. Maybe he just needed a a full-day break because he was night and day. He was one in game three in this series. Yeah, and we don't know if Josh Hader, I, I don't know if Craig Council said anything about it in his post game. I've not seen anything yet on if Josh Hader is going to be back with the team in St. Louis, but it's kind of the same situation. If he's not available in St. Louis, certainly Williams will be available tomorrow. Boxberger probably can't pitch, but it, it, during this period right now where guys are not available, it's a, it's a big thing of just finding other guys who have the ability to step up. Do we have Craig? I think we may have lost Craig. Craig going once. I think we may have lost Craig. We'll stand by here for just a second Hello. and see if Craig... Craig, you got you, we got you? You got me here, my friend. All right, just just a couple more yeah, things I'm for right you, here, then yeah. we'll let you uh, get out of here. All right. Um, yeah, just the, the idea that this team is... We, we don't know for sure what's going to happen with Josh Hader. Um, it, it, Devin Williams probably... Not probably. He will not be available tomorrow. We've seen other players step up. Like the, the Perdomo four outs today were huge. The outs they got out of the bullpen yesterday were huge. This trend and this necessity certainly seems like it could continue into the St. Louis series. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying uh, uh, a second ago. I, I really believe. I'd almost be surprised if you know if Hader does return. You know, he may not be able to be uh, fully ready. I mean, he's he's going through. You know, an ordeal. Uh, you know, with his family here right now, and I and um, you know, not to speculate or anything, but but I think personally, they're going to have to get creative tomorrow. Um, and and here's the thing: you don't have to get creative today. You, you tested the waters on Williams going three straight. Um, you got Boxberger appeared to be back on track. I mean, his velocity was back where it should be today. It certainly wasn't there the last couple of outings, so that that's a good sign. So with the day off for him yesterday, I think he's available tomorrow. 
there's no way Williams is going to be. And then, and then you got to just piece it together. What can Brent Suter do for you? And, and how about this for a twist? How about a five run lead? Let's get that offense going. That'll solve a lot of bullpen situations, you know? Yeah, that, that fixes a lot of things when you can lead by a whole bunch of runs. All right, Craig, great stuff as always. We'll uh, talk to you again real soon. All right, All right thanks, Craig man. Kishon. Yep, Craig Kishon joining us here on Brewers uh, Extra Innings. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Mike in Silver Lake has given us a call. Hey, Mike, thanks for holding. You're on WTMJ. Okay, we don't have uh, Mike. Mike is uh, not with us. Mike, if you want to get in here, uh, you certainly can uh, give us a call back uh, later on. Brewers, uh, they get the win today as they knock off the San Diego Padres by a 2-1 score. We still have the post-game comments of manager Craig Council on the way. We'll also go uh, back through the game with the highlights. That's all coming up. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Pitch. Rowdy swings and laces one down the left field line. Over goes Profar into the corner. He won't get it. That lands and bounces to the fence. The tying run has scored. McCutcheon over to third. He'll be held up there. Rowdy Telez to the opposite field has delivered an RBI double. We have a brand new game in the seventh. One to one. Brewers go on to win by a 2-1 score. Brewers Extra Innings continues here on WTMJ. Want to join the program? You can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. We're on a little bit earlier than normal. For those of you who are generally in bed, asleep, 10.30, 11, 11.30, 2 o'clock in the morning like we were on uh, two nights ago. Yeah, we do this after uh, after Brewers games. And uh, always enjoy having uh, folks tuned in. You also can always uh, listen to the archived edition of the program on the Brewers Extra Innings uh, podcast page at WTMJ.com. And we've got some other stuff on that podcast feed as well, including a uh, weekly uh, just exclusive digital show that we do that comes out on a Sunday night slash Monday morning. Rick and Jackson texting in the program says, uh, what are my thoughts on occasionally or situationally flipping Williams and Hayter as the setup and closer? They're not going to do that. They're not going to ever have Josh Hader throw the eighth inning in a game that's a safe situation and then bring Devin Williams in for the ninth. Now, Williams will throw the ninth inning in situations where Hader has thrown two or three days or Hader comes into uh, the ballpark and says his arm just doesn't quite feel right. Obviously, on days like that, uh, you're going to go with Williams in the ninth inning and you're in pretty good shape with that. Josh Hader is the best closer in baseball, and you're not going to put him in a non-safe situation. And here's the other side of this as well. I'm a big believer that the Brewers, specifically Craig Council, is putting Josh Hader into as many save situations as possible and not many other situations in a very deliberate manner. As He, he has a save in every game he's appeared in this year, uh, which is something you don't see at this point of the year. He pitches in save situations and not much else. I think this is somewhat connected to money. Hader is underpaid. 
uh, the arbitration process is a process that's not very good, and the arbitration process is something that probably throughout his time going through arbitration has not paid him the amount of money that he deserves to get paid. Uh, if you remember, I mean, before really last year, he was not the conventional closer. So he was not racking up the saves the way he does now. Uh, early on in his career, he would pitch parts of the sixth or seventh or eighth innings. Or one day he would be a ninth inning guy, and the next day he would be pitching in the seventh inning. Like he just he didn't get the saves. So even though his numbers uh, were very dominant, uh, they were not that helpful in the arbitration process. So now uh, I, I think they're just doing everything they can Craig Council specifically, to put him in as many safe situations as possible to help lift his value, whether it's an arbitration or something else. The bottom line is there is there is a good chance that at some point in time he's going to not be affordable to the Brewers anymore if he goes and attempts to uh, maximize the amount of money that he can make. And once that happens, if he is not with the Brewers anymore, you can be very confident knowing that you've got a guy in Devin Williams who you can sit in that ninth inning role moving forward and be in very, very good shape. But until that point happens, uh, Rick, I understand when you see what Williams did today and you see him pitching the three straight days and having uh, as much success as he's been having recently, uh, you understand why maybe there's some uh, there's an idea of giving him more ninth innings. Uh, it's just he, he's not going to get the ninth inning over Hader. That's just plus the other side of that is defined roles are a good thing. Uh, having everybody fresh out of the bullpen and going Boxberger and then Williams and then Hader and everybody knows when they're going to pitch. Everybody knows when they need to make their way to the bullpen. Everybody knows just that entire process, the routine of it. There absolutely is value in that. Got a uh, tweet from, and this goes back to the bullpen as well, at uh, Mario the Poet tweeting in, says, With Hader out, Williams feels like a superstar. My question is, who else in the pitching room has the heat? I think you're just asking who else can be super successful. We've... You know, we we probably haven't talked enough about Brad Boxberger in this game and what he did. And when we had Craig Kashan on, he certainly alluded to it that Boxberger's last time out was not great. But Boxberger has been somebody who's been so good for this team over the last couple of years, and his role is that much more elevated when you don't have Hader available. And for him to go out there and strike out the three guys that he faces, that was that was a spectacular performance from Brad Boxberger in a really tight game. You you're a home run away from that game being tied, or you're a you're a bloop and a blast from all of a sudden being down in the game. So we've talked about Perdomo, we've talked about Williams, Boxberger. He's the guy who struck out every batter that he faced today. He deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to do and really bouncing back from his uh, from his last performance. That was a that was a fantastic outing for Brad Boxberger today. But all four pitchers that were used, you know, Aaron Ashby. I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited to see what he's going to do now that he is just going to be in the rotation. There are very few teams in Major League Baseball that an Aaron Ashby would have been forced to be jumping between the rotation and the bullpen, but that's how good Brewers pitching is. And now you're in a spot where you don't want to see Freddie Peralta get injured, that's for sure, but if there is any sort of 
side benefit to it, it's the opportunity to allow Ashby to just sit in the rotation. And again, it goes back to routine. You know what your routine is. You know you're going to be pitching every fifth day. You're able to just kind of move forward. And for a young pitcher who's got as much potential as Ashby, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun watching him over the next uh, few months. And look, if if he just runs with this and if he does a fantastic job in the starting rotation, first off, you don't really know what else is going to happen. You know, the, the other four guys in the rotation right now, it would be hard to believe that every single one of those guys is going to make every single one of their scheduled starts from here until the end of the season. You are likely to deal with more injuries in the starting rotation at some point. But if those guys do remain healthy and you get to the point where Peralta comes back, there's it's not the end of the world, especially down the stretch of the season, even if it becomes at times a seven-day rotation where you just leave Ashby in there and you continue to allow guys to get some extra rest. This is a really, really good benefit that the Brewers have right now with the pitching depth. And um, yeah, there, there had been talk, should the Brewers trade away some of their pitching depth to assist in their run scoring output? And you understood why those questions were out there because they, they've got so many starters, you don't know what to do with them all. And once you get into the postseason, some of these guys are not going to be able to have the impact that they have in the regular season. That This is a team that in many ways is somewhat built for the regular season just because of how deep that starting pitching is. But more importantly, it allows you to sustain through injuries. And for you to just put in a guy who goes five and two-thirds innings, giving up one unearned run on four hits with five strikeouts and three walks, and he's the guy who comes out of a bullpen roll, uh, you know, a, a flex roll, and, and does that, That's that really is something. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brewers come away with a 2-1 win today over the Padres. We will get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A milestone event is approaching for those 50 and older. The 50-plus Fest in Retirement Show is this Thursday. Don't miss free exhibits, seminars, and entertainment all happening at Marcus Majestic Theater in Waukesha from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. After one, two free movies will be shown. Father Stu and Downtown Abbey, a new era. Bring friends and family to the 50-plus Fest in Retirement Show. This Thursday, starting at 9 a.m. with free movies after one. Marcus Majestic Theater in Waukesha. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. One-two pitch. And got him looking with a changeup. Boxberger with a one-two-three. Mow him down inning as he strikes out through side here in the bottom of the eighth. A 2-1 win today for the Brewers. They take two of three from the Padres, and now their three-city jaunt continues to St. Louis, where they will play a four-game series beginning tomorrow evening. Pitching matchup tomorrow, Eric Lauer against Adam Wainwright, Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser will start on Friday and Saturday, respectively, and the Brewers have yet to announce their starter for Sunday. That's where things will get a little bit interesting again, because in addition to uh, needing a starter for Sunday, they've got a doubleheader coming up on Monday. 
Monday in Chicago. So uh, even with the pitching depth that exists, they are still going to have to figure out some things from a pitching standpoint moving forward. Speaking of pitching, manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago, and as he opened up his post-game comments, he talked about the good job that really everybody in the bullpen has been doing as they have been trying to uh, make up for the loss of Josh Hader in this series. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's what uh, you kind of let the unit does is that they they pick uh, each other up and um, you know we're missing Josh and a lot of guys delivered some great stuff today. It was uh, you know Louis Perdomo got got four outs for us. Um, you know, did it really well. Went through the top of their order um, in, the, in the seventh, and then Box had a, had a great inning, um, and then Devin you know on three days in a row. Um, you know, closed it out with just a bunch of good pitches. Just kind of kept making pitches. What were those conversations like? Just because he hasn't done that before in his big league. Uh, we we just we talked before. We talked early in the day, and um, you know, he said he said he felt good. I said, well, then we'll take it to the next step and go through your throwing program. And he kind of he got more convicted after his throwing program, and and today was a, a good day to go for it, and it worked out well. Did his efficiency last night too? Just twelve pitches. Yeah, that, absolutely. I think we, you know when you're when you're doing something that probably it, he hasn't done, you're going to look at everything. So it's part of it. What do you say about the job Perdomo's done this year? I mean, this was kind of his first real big test, but he's been in a variety of spots for you. Yeah, no, I mean he's you know Louis, he's doing what we expected, and that's keep the ball on the ground. Um, uh, he, you know we got an incredible play that inning. Um, but he's he's putting the ball on the ground, and that's that. You know, we, we get we get outs, and there's double plays there, and um, he did what we expect him to do. Your impressions of Ashby are moving into rotation today. Well, he's he's pitched out of the road. This is this is the good Aaron Ashby. It's it's we've seen this before this year, and um, you know, I, he was I thought he was in control. He had that hit a little. What I don't know what inning was it in the third that he lost a little bit of a command for a couple of hitters, but other than that, it was it was just it was really good stuff, and um, you know he had every pitch working. I think he, do you think he's excited to get a series of starts? Or do you think he legitimately is like whatever you want, I'll do? I, mean, I think you can ask him that. I'm sure. Well, he's going to tell us whatever you want. He's going to tell us whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know. I, I mean, I think what. What Aaron is trying to do is get better um, and just continue to get better. And and he is continue he is getting better and he's going to continue to get better. Um, I, I know I know we he's what we've done with him has been very consistent so far, um, and we'll continue to be consistent with him. And I think that's a good way to get help him get better. How have you seen him grow from last year to this year? It, it, as much, it's just experience. I think um, it's it's just the work being consistent, um, the throwing program being consistent, um, to 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 make your body go out there on the field and be consistent. To push him to ninety-one pitches too, is that really encouraging? Just for what you're going to ask of him moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I I was, I mean, he's he's very fresh, you know, and and uh, so I. I think he could have, frankly, gone more today, um, but I but I think we we've, we've gotten to a really good spot, and you feel like you can just treat him as a regular starter from from this point forward. After that pair of walks, I think it was like that third, and to fall behind 3-0 to Hosmer and then come back all the way with that yeah. that curveball. What does that say about 
you know, just, just where he's at to be able to battle back like that. Well, I mean, as much as anything, it's, you know, when you get behind 3-0, it's, it's just not kind of giving up and giving in to what's going on. It's it's continuing to just try to make pitches and realizing you can get back in the at-bat quickly. He got back in the at-bat and, and made a big pitch to, to get out of the inning. It's kind of a council meeting with the media just a little while ago has to be cool for uh for aaron ashby and the opportunities where his uncle andy is in the stands as well andy ashby longtime major league uh, pitcher who had a huge impact on him and uh, yeah that's uh, he was in the stands today the tv cameras caught it at times you could just tell that uh andy was at times living and dying with every pitch that uh, aaron was throwing so that was uh that was certainly pretty cool and he was good. He was really good. Five and two-thirds, one unearned run on four hits, five strikeouts, three walks. His ERA is now down to 2.91. Just every single time out, it feels like the Brewers are getting fantastic starting pitching. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. Two to one. The Brewers get the win over the Padres. They take two of three in the midweek series, starting a pitching matchup today. Aaron Ashby on the mound for the crew, while Hugh Darvish gets the start for the Padres. No score in the early going. The Padres would get a couple hits in the second inning, would leave a couple. The Brewers uh, would ground into a double play in the second inning. Uh, For the Padres in the third inning, they would make a little bit more noise as they would get two on. There's two outs, and it's Eric Hosmer at the plate. So the runners will get a head start. Machado from second and Profar from first with two out. They run 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Back to the curveball, and Hosmer with a feeble cut. The ball was almost already in Narvaez's mitt as he took a swing. Yeah, that was the kind of day it was for everybody in this game. Runs were coming at a premium. One half inning later in the top of the fourth inning, the Brewers tried to make a little bit of noise. Colton Wong, he leads the inning off with a uh, base hit. He would end up uh, being out at second uh, on a ground out where Christian Yelich reaches on a fielder's choice. Yelich would steal second, so the Brewers have the go-ahead run on its second with Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. Yelich at second, two out, pitch number nine to McCutcheon. Here it is, swing and a miss. Fastball busted him in under the hands. Strike three, big pitch by Darvish. And that will retire the side. He gets a couple of punch outs, and now with four in the outing. The Padres do break through in the fifth inning. It gets going with Austin Nola walking, and then Jose Azucar would strike out. So one on, one out for Jake Cronenworth, who gets a base hit. That puts runners on at first and second for Manny Machado. Looks at second, the 0-2 pitch. Chopper to third. Played by Peterson in full territory, but he fouled it. And everybody's going to be safe. Yeah, it looked like Peterson was looking up, maybe thinking, see whether or not you could turn the double play, and he ends up not making the play at all. So that's an error by Peterson, and that puts the Brewers in a pretty tough spot with the bases loaded. The next hitter is Jerks and Profar. First pitch to him. Ground ball to short. Elias to second for one. That's the only one the Brewers will get. 
Nola's going to score from third. Runners on the corners in two outs. An RBI fielder's choice for Profar. It could possibly be more for the Padres. They have the one nothing lead, and once again, the always dangerous Eric Hosmer at the plate. 1-1 pitch. Line drive to left. It's going to carry out to Yelich. Diving and making a sliding catch to end the inning. Christian Yelich playing some defense in left so far this year. Got a good read. Came in and made a great catch. One run, one hit, one air, and two left on in the Padres' fifth, and they take a 1-0 lead into the sixth inning. Aaron Ashby cut back out for the sixth inning, gets Will Myers to ground out, and Luke Voigt to strike out, so quickly two outs in the inning, but after giving up a base hit, his day would come to an end. Luis Perdomo comes on to get the final out of the sixth inning, gets Austin Nola to ground out, and we head to the seventh inning. Padres continuing to lead 1-0, but not for long. The Brewers, they break through in the seventh. The inning gets started with a walk to Luis Urias, and then with one out, it's Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. Here comes the 3-1 pitch, swing and a line drive in the right center field, slicing in on the grass for a base hit. Headed for third is Urias. Myers throws through, slide, Gets his hand in there, and there are runners on the corners with one out. San Diego is challenging a safe call at third base. After review, call is confirmed. Runner is safe. San Diego loses his challenge. Yeah, so that puts runners on at the corners, and it brings up Rowdy to The 0-1 pitch. Rowdy swings and laces one. Down the left field line, over goes Profar into the corner. He won't get it. That lands and bounces to the fence. The tying run has scored. McCutcheon over to third. He'll be held up there. Rowdy Telez to the opposite field has delivered an RBI double. We have a brand new game in the seventh. One to one. And the Brewers have a runner on at third with less than two outs. And they get somebody who can do something about it with Tyrone Taylor at the plate. Darvish kicks, and he delivers. Swinging a high, deep drive in the left. That'll back up Profar, back onto the warning track, reaching out for the wall. He's got room. Makes the catch, but tagging from third base McCutcheon. And he will come on in to score to give the Brewers the lead. Two to one. Turns out that would end up being the final score. Luis Perdomo, who came in to get the final out of the sixth inning, he throws a scoreless seventh, and we go to the eighth inning. New pitcher for the Brewers is Brad Boxberger. First batter, he faces Eric Hosmer. He strikes out. Second batter, Will Myers. He strikes out, and it brings up Luke Voigt. One-two pitch. And got him looking with a changeup. Boxberger with a one-two-three. Mow him down inning as he strikes out the side here in the bottom of the eighth. And then for the first time in his career, Devin Williams pitching for a third straight day. He comes into the game. He gets a Hassam Kim to fly out. Then uh, after that, uh, gets Robertson Cano to line out two outs in the inning. And it's Trent Grisham at the plate. Here's the pitch. Popped him up. Left side, Peterson and Urias converging. It's Urias who makes the catch two steps onto the grass in shallow left. And the Brewers have taken this series from the Padres with a 2-1 victory here this afternoon at Petco Park.
With the win, the Brewers go to 28 and 16. The Padres, they drop to 28 and 16. Winning totals for the crew two runs, four hits, one error. They leave three for the Padres. One run, five hits, no errors. They leave eight. The winning pitcher, Luis Perdomo, he is 1-0. The loss goes to Hugh Darvish. He pitched well, but he takes the L. He drops to 4-2. Devin Williams, the fourth save of the season for him. The game lasting three hours and five minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 27,831 folks at Petco Park. 2-1 the final score. The Brewers get the win over the Padres. We'll come back. We'll preview the Cardinals series. We'll get you some scores from around baseball. And we'll check in with uh, Scott Warris, who's going to be hosting a special one-hour edition of WTMJ Nights. That's all on the way next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 2-1, Brewers get the win. They also win the series two games to one against the Padres. Up next, a series against St. Louis. More about that in a moment. But first, let's take a look at scores from around the National League Central. Pirates played well today. They double up the Colorado Rockies by a 10-5 score, despite a tough start from their uh, starting pitcher, Zach Thompson, who gave up four runs in three innings. But then the bullpen came in and did a nice job, highlighted by Mitch Keller, who went three and a third, allowing just one run on five hits. And then the next three pitchers after that did not give up a run. They get a home run from Josh Van Meter, his third. Also, Jack Swinski going deep for the Pirates, his fifth of the season, so the Pirates pick up the win there. Cubs and Reds are playing as we speak in Cincinnati. This game is in the top of the seventh inning, and the Reds lead Chicago by a 4-2 score. Luis Castillo made the start for Cincinnati. Five innings, two runs and four hits, six strikeouts, one walk. Big game so far for uh, Joey Votto. He has two hits, a triple and a home run. The home run, his second of the year. Kyle Hendricks got the start for the Cubs, going four innings, allowing four runs on five hits. Ian Happ does have two RBIs, now 24. He has been swinging a hot bat recently for the Cubs. Around the Brewers' minor league system, low A Carolina. They are at home in the bottom of the seventh inning against Kannapolis, and Carolina leads right now by a 2 nothing score. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they get the win earlier today in Cedar Rapids 5-1. Montgomery and Biloxi playing at Biloxi tonight at MGM Park. That game has been postponed due to bad weather. They did not play yesterday due to uh, COVID issues. And then AAA Nashville, they lose in walk-off fashion, falling to Toledo by a 3-2 score. Brewers will open up a four-game series against the Cardinals coming up tomorrow. The pitching matchup, Eric Lauer is going to go for the crew. The lefty is 4-1 with a 2.16 ERA. Adam Wainwright is set to make the start for St. Louis. The ageless wonder is 5-3 with a 2.87 ERA. 6.45 first pitch coming up tomorrow, so our coverage will begin a little bit after 6 o'clock, and then we will come your way with Brewers Externings after that. We're doing things a little bit different tonight. For those of you who normally uh, tune in on Thursday evenings, you hear WTMJ Nights for a couple hours, and then Brewers weekly well we're doing the reverse this week a special one hour edition of wtmj nights coming up next with this guy fire council he's a bug this team can't hit who's their hitting instructor is andy haynes still employed Fire him anyway! Start, start trading! 
Let Stearns go to the Mets. Let David Stearns go run the Mets. Nothing's changed. Fire counts up. He's a bum. Scott Warris with WTMJ Knights on the way in just a few moments. Hi, Scott. I know I'm going to stand up. I am I'm physically, my, my headphones just fell off. I am physically standing and I am applauding. That was well done. I had no idea that was that was that was well done. <laughs> that was good. Look at you working your protosorial magic known as a host, but you've got some creative abilities there with with with, with Adobe. It was a team effort. Mm. Uh, I went and got the clips. I found your uh, your unhinged um rant which was satire Let's okay make yeah that very clear Please, uh, yes. can we just say that Th- those clips were taken from some show at some point in the recent past where i was mocking the meathead brewers fans okay go ahead yes that's uh, yeah so yeah. that we'll make that very clear Please. we're not actually calling for craig council Thank to you. be fired and uh yes i i was able to find those clips and then i got them to your former producer who has now gone on to bigger and better things with uh, wisconsin's morning news greg <laughs> pancake hill wow and uh, greg put together the final edition of that uh, that bit of uh, Glad production to see, there. Glad to see Vinny is making good use of Pancake's time. Boy, he must be really busy. He has time to do stuff like that. <laughs> I think he stayed late just for that. It was... Uh, it was wow. So, yes, I want to give credit where credit is due. I did not... Uh, Really, all I did was found, That's find That's good. the rant. That yeah. was good. Hold on. I'm talking, not you. <laughs> Can you guess from when that was? That clip of you saying it? No, no, you're the, the clips oh, of oh. you right there. Um, uh, well, okay, I, I think that would have come from a WTMJ Knights episode that fo- immediately followed a Brewers game. We didn't have a BEI, and so, I don't know, was I channeling the inner BEI fan reaction to a, to a result or something like that? That's my guess. Yes, I have no it was, idea. It was the first game of the Baltimore series. Oh, it was the opener, the season opener. Yeah, was that? Was it, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. The season opener. It was the season Baltimore. opener, and, yeah. um, and, and they lost to a horrible Orioles team. And, uh, yeah, that was it. Okay. All right. Your, pod, your podcast numbers are up this week, Scott, because I spent a lot of time going through old WTMJ nights where there was a Brewers yeah. game on before trying to find exactly that. I hope you were wearing one of those little meters so I get credit for that in the, in the, uh, in the next ratings period. Hey, can I, can I ask you a baseball question? I've noticed something over the course of the first, what, two months, basically, of the season. And I, I went to, by the way, Sunday, this past Sunday, was my first game at AmFam Field since pre-COVID. I had not wow. been to a game since 2019. Um, and I noticed this at the game, but I've also noticed this watching the games on television. The umpires still check the pitchers as they're walking off the mound back to the dugout for sticky stuff, right? That's still going yes. on. I've noticed that they are no longer, correct me if I'm wrong, they're no longer checking the gloves they no. are checking the hands, the bare hands of the pitchers, which is different than what they were doing last year when the crackdown on the sticky stuff 
uh, began. Can you explain why they're looking at the bare hand and not the glove or not both? Yeah, so last year, because you can really tell if pitchers are using sticky stuff or not based upon the league-wide trends of spin rate. Mm -hmm. And last year, when they first started looking, the spin rates went way down, and then all of a sudden, in the final month and a half, two months of the season, those spin rates, Scott, they started to move up again, and the belief was that pitchers found a way to hide it without umpire seeing it. So the decision was made in the offseason to just check the hand. And if the hand is sticky, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if the belt or the glove or the hat or anything else. If you've got a sticky hand, you are guilty. So they went to that. And, of course, that led to that interesting thing. It was, uh, it was Massive Bumgarner, right, who had the uh, who the umpire caressed his hand for a extended amount of time while like staring him down and then Bumgarner ends up getting uh, thrown out and the umpire had to issue an apology mm-hmm. for the way he handled that situation. So it's isn't it a weird world, Scott, where the pitcher has to hand his hand yeah. to the umpire and the umpire has to kinda it's, like touch around with it a little bit? There, it's like uh you know, you, you show up for a baseball game, you throw an inning and then uh, Jerry Lane gets to read your palm and let you know if you have a long lifeline or what he sees in your future. Okay, well, I'm glad you could explain it that way because I knew they were still checking, but I realized at some point this year, but they're not even looking at the glove. Now it's, it's yeah, it's the palm reading that's going on. So, okay, could, that explains it. Could you imagine, I tried to think, like a, a tough SOB pitcher, like a Bob Gibson. Can you imagine Bob Gibson coming <laughs> off the mound and have to give you his hand? Hand to the umpire for a quick little hand massage. How, how about let's just stick in the here and now? How about Max Scherzer? I mean, <laughs> he's about as vociferous, as uh, cantankerous, as boisterous. I'm trying to think of all the words that end in O U S. As pitchers get in baseball, you know. He, he, he doesn't have a real good inning, and he's coming off the mound, and now you are the rookie third-base umpire for that night who has to go over and check his hand, and more power to him. But, um, all right, yes, it was good. Good series. Just win series, Matt. Hashtag just win series. That's what I've always said. They were very said, they close to having a gravy. I mean, that, oh. that game was winnable on Friday night. Maybe this should have been a gravy series, Scott. Could have been. I was there Sunday at AmFam. I, I was ready to serve gravy to the players myself on the field afterwards, and, and it didn't happen either. But that's all right. You win series, you'll be okay. All right, Matt. What's coming up? Yeah, what's coming up on WTMJ Night? Okay. Um, on the show we had on Monday... Monday night, I talked about what Arby's is doing. They're trying to kind of go down the burger lane. And they announced that until the end of July, they're offering the Wagyu Steakhouse Burger. Wagyu Steakhouse Burger. They are deviating from the master class that they have taught all of us in the art of the roast beef. They are going down the Wagyu Steakhouse Burger. Matt, earlier today, and only because I wasn't going to held it around until 8 o'clock, earlier today at my desk, I consumed the Wagyu Steakhouse Burger mm. because I had to do it for the sake of the show, and I will give you my review of that. Um, all kinds of oddities we're going to pass on in as much as we can in 60 minutes. And I do have to comment on that ridiculous scene there uh, down in Texas with Beto O'Rourke. You talk about political grandstanding and a show. That was that. But it also brought us, quite frankly, the audio of the day. So we'll bring that to folks as well. Matt, 
Enjoy your night. This is very odd. I'm wishing you a good night, and assuming you now, as I would to you, you now will listen to my show. Yes, lots of words. Have a good show, Scott. There he is, Matt Pauly. He'll be back tomorrow night with another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. I am Scott Warris. How much can we cram into a one-hour edition of WTMJ Nights? Only one way to find out. We'll get it going after the news with Reese on WTMJ.